What's good, Wizards fans, and welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Today we're going to recap the first four games of the season and then finish up with a little buy or sell on some stats for the Wizards for the first four games of the season. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. This is your host, the real Ed Oliver, with my guy, Brandon Scott. Uh, thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Dominic Massimino, writer from the Wizards, from the Wiz of Oz, and a big time Wizards fan. How are you feeling today, man? Feeling great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate the opportunity. Definitely. Um, first thing, you know, of course, the. Um, they just announced today that they're going to do the um, reunion of the big three of the Wizards, uh, the 25th anniversary, Karan, Anton, and and uh, Anton Jameson, Karan, and Gil. Uh, what made you become a Wizards fan? How long have you been a Wizards fan? Oh, man, it's a great question. Uh, I get to point to the to the uh, poster behind me. It's the 2015-16 the roster uh, poster from kind of close to when I was becoming a fan. Um, I grew up in uh, Tacoma right on the edge of DC. So um, been a Wizards fan pretty much uh, since I've been a sports fan. Uh, but I got into uh, reporting when I was in college out on the West Coast, uh, sports reporting. And I've been doing that ever since um, I work at a newspaper out here on the West Coast. But once a Wizards fan, always a Wizards fan. So no matter what I'm covering out here, you know, got to gotta stick with the team, you know? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, Tacoma Park, Montgomery County. Um Definitely a long time Wizards fan. Appreciate you for coming on. Um, we missed those, those wall days, but you know, like Monte Morris said, he's trying to get that energy back in the building. So we'll see how it goes. It's been working out so far through the first four games of the season. So, what have you liked, and what had, what did you not like from the first four games of the season? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like so far. Um, uh, the point guard play, uh, I've been a, a big fan of, especially uh, Delon Wright. Uh, you know, I've heard on this show and. Uh, you know, through Wizards media all over the place, um, the defense, the deflections, um, it's it's big time. It's definitely, you know, going to be super helpful for the Wizards uh, throughout the season. Um, uh, the play of Porzingis alongside uh, Brad, I think, is, you know, kind of a revelation. We've been waiting all summer to see that, um, as you guys have, have uh, talked about it, the solid three with Kuzma. Um, I think they, you know, they have a chance of turning that into a, you know, a legit, you know, maybe better than solid three uh, over the course of the season. Kuzma has really kept up uh, his play uh, from the end of last season that we saw once, once Brad went down, um, he kind of took the reins and and showed up and uh, I've been impressed with him so far. And then lastly, just, you know, I've, I've written about this in the past, um, the play of Rui and Denny, um, I think this is kind of the year for, for both of those guys. Um, and so far the two questions we had uh, is the shooting from last season for Rui going to be a real thing? You know, was it a, was it a flash in the pan or is he really going to show up? Um, I think so far, uh, especially this, this most recent game uh, against Detroit, he hit those two corner threes on, I want to say, you know, possessions within two minutes of each other. Um, 
that was, you know, something that's really exciting to me and I think is going to stick around. Uh, and then for Denny, just, you know, is he going to be able to add something offensive to his game on top of uh, the defense? And um, I am encouraged by what I've seen so far. I think the three ball is going to come um, at least to league average. So that's a lot of stuff, but so far that's what I've liked uh, so far. Um, not a whole lot to hate so far. Um, uh, the, the fringes of the roster, I, I have some questions about, um, you know, uh, Gill and, uh, obviously Johnny Davis, if we're going to talk about that, we could talk about that, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at so far. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get to some of the things you brought up. Some of the, the things that the wizards need to improve on, I would say. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good three on one start. You know, we don't want to get too hyped because we saw what happened last year, but the team looks good. It looks, it looks more sustainable. Just the talent level is raised. Um, and guys saying that they like each other. We, we know we heard that they said that last year too. So, we just have to wait it out. Even 13 games in, we saw we went 10 and 3, so we have to really see what happens 20, 30 games in. But um, I like what I've seen so far as well. They just have to finish games out. Um, and I thought they did a better job of that last night against the Pistons. But there's definitely um, a lot of roster battles and contract battles coming up with Rui, Kuz, uh, Denny in two years, Gafford as well. He's got the contract extension coming up. But um, they, they look really good. Bradley Bill's really moving the ball. Uh, leads the team in assists right now, but um, there's it looks they got they got a challenge f- coming up after the Pacers game. They play the Sixers and Celtics. But um, Brandon, what question did you have? Yes, sir. All right. So my question concerns Gaff. Is Daniel Gafford the long term answer at the backup center position? That's a tough one. I mean, uh, I'm I'm a pro Gaff guy. You know, I was really excited uh, when they picked him up, uh, you know, when we were able to, to offload, offload Troy Brown Jr., uh, rest in peace, uh, to our first-round pick. But, um, uh, but, you know, there's definitely some work to be done. I know you've talked about this, Brandon. Um, he gets pushed off his spot really easily, uh, especially against kind of more physical fives. Um, and so it doesn't really matter how high you can jump if, uh, if you're going to be pushed out of position, especially, um, when you're, uh, defensive rebounding, um, it kind of just feels like he gives up a lot of those. We also know that, um, Gafford's success is just so closely tied to who his point guard is and the positions that they can put him in. So we saw how, how successful he was when he was paired with Ish Smith, uh, when we picked him back up. Um, and we've seen, you know, that kind of wane in the beginning of the season. Something I was watching a lot was the connection between um, both DeLon Wright and Monte with um, Gafford in the minutes that we saw them together. It seemed like they had a little bit of trouble kind of finding him in the pick and roll, um, where to place the ball, if they were going to bounce pass it to him on the roll or if they're going to just lob it up uh, like we saw Ish do basically every time they ran a, a pick and roll set. Um, to get back to your question, though, I'd like to say yes. Um, it'd be great if uh, we can, you know, develop him into into um, somebody who can be our backup center for the future. Um, I still have hope that that can be the case, but there's some pretty distinct, uh, you know, drawbacks in his game that hopefully he can address this season. Yeah, I think with Gaff, there's a lot of questions right now. You know, I. You know, I'm a big, I was a big fan of the trade bringing him from Chicago. I thought that was a good trade, especially giving up, you know, only Troy Brown and 
Chandler Hutchinson. But, you know, I want to see more. I think right now is audition time for Gaff. You know, he's, he's fighting for a job because, in my opinion, if you look at the next season, his extension kicks in. You got to ask yourself a question. If you're Tommy Shelby, you got to ask yourself a question. Am I willing to pay a backup center who, one, is not a modern center, can't shoot from on the arc, two, can't handle bigger bigs, and three, is still developing a mid-range shot? And if you add in the difficulties with the pick and roll and foul trouble, are they really willing to give him that money? Because, as you know, after Bradley Bill put the pen to the paper, it's going to be a little crafty to kind of build around him with his team. And, you know, $13 million goes a long way when your star player is making 50 so they have to find interesting ways to kind of build around him. And Gath, while I'm a big fan, and I think he can be a productive center, I think he has to work on his game. I really do. I think he has to evolve. Because, as you know, the modern center in the NBA is not patching you anymore. You know, you they have to be able to run at a high level. They have to be able to defend at a high level. And three-point shot is, I mean, most of your bigs can shoot behind the arc. From Mo Bonga, I mean, you're – you know, your Steven Adams centers are becoming a thing of the past now. You know, shooting is the name of the game in the NBA now. So, you know, like, like you touch base, I would love to see him in D.C. long term, but I think he has a lot to prove before we get to that point. So before we get to Ed's question, Ed had, has a ad tonight. All right, this episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is super easy. Um, if you're a Commanders fan, I hit it's, it's real easy. You pick two to five players, you pick their over-unders, if you're a Commanders fan, I picked Terry McLaurin to get 53 receiving yards um, against the Packers. He got 73 receiving yards in a touchdown, so I hit on that pick. Uh, the other picks I had Gibson. He didn't. He actually did. He didn't get the over on the on the over under, so that's one that I missed. But Terry McLaurin, you might as well pick him every week. Bradley Bill points. I would pick him in the next game over under. So those are just examples of easy picks for prize picks in your over under picks. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NBA, NFL, MLB, even cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Also, we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now, for your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. They'll be on the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, I'm going to chime in on Gaff real quick before you do, Dominic. Um, I'm a big Gaff fan. Like you brought up, Brandon, I love the trade where they gave up Troy Brown and Mo Wagner um, for Chandler Hutchinson, who's, you know, I don't even know. He's not on the roster anymore. We, we um, didn't re-sign him. Uh, but Gafford was a steal in that trade. We don't make the playoffs that year in 2020 without Gafford. Uh, like both of you brought up, he really needs a point guard to motor his game and kind of like you have the John Wall poster behind you, kind of spoon feed like he talked about with Gortat. And that ties in Gortat, too. Has Gortat, what is Gortat really teaching him with setting screens? Because he's had at least four or five illegal screens already in four games. Porzingis has had a couple of illegal screens, too. So what's, what's going on there? And I love Gortat as well. But Gafford, um, some games it does look like he regressed. But the Pistons game, I love how physical he was going up against Jalen Duran, who's only 18 years old, but he's strong as an ox. Isaiah Stewart is a strong young man, too. Um, very physical players, even though they're very young. Gafford's young, too. But 
there just are some inconsistencies. The Cleveland game, he was almost unplayable because he gave up a couple of offensive rebounds against Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. So it was just consistency. And then there was the whole thing about he had sports asthma at one point in 2020. Then the next year he said he didn't. So, you know, it, it's just some question marks there. And then last year, Weston Sell Jr. benched him because he was trying to showcase Thomas Bryant and showcase Montrose Harrell for, on the trade block. Um, so it's been a, kind of a roller coaster ride with Gafford. Um, he needs a point guard that can motor him right now. Monte Morris is not a guy that really gets past his man. And DeLon Wright, I love him on defense, but he's not a guy that's, you know, he's not a speedster like, like you brought up Ish Smith or like Russell Westbrook when he was spoon-feeding Gafford on lobs. So it just makes it tougher for him if we're not going to have a point guard that can really get to the paint. So it does kind of decrease his value a little bit unless he's really going to go out there and bully guys and get offensive rebounds and kind of develop some some type, some type pull. I'm not expecting him to be – Hakeem Olajuwon or anything like that, but you know, can he get the ball in the post and be effective here and there and run the floor and finish and finish well, finish strong? Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, there was one possession in one of those two um, games in Japan against the Warriors where he got the rebound around the elbow. Um, it was an offensive rebound; ball just kind of bounced to him, and you could see he kind of couldn't really decide what to do, and he just brought the ball up and shot that elbow jumper. And it looked good, you know, like you see him at the free throw line. It's, it's a, he has decent looking mechanics, but as soon as he took that shot, I just cringed a little bit. Ball just dipped right off the back iron. And it's something that we've talked about for a little while with Gaff. He hasn't been on the roster for too long, but adding just, you know, some kind of, you know, like a a push shot or a floater or just, you know, some kind of jumper from kind of that free throw line area would really open up his game. Um, I also just feel a little bad. You have KP on the roster next to him. It kind of shows more glaringly what, uh, you know, the aspects of his game that aren't part of part of the modern game. Like you mentioned, Brandon, it's like, you know, when you have a guy who's, you know, crossing the ball over from three feet behind the three point line and taking step back threes and they're decent percentage shots, it does kind of show your, your big who, can only be spoon fed for lobs at the rim shows kind of, you know, the parts of his game that need work. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I'm, I'm rooting for Gaff for sure, but you know, KP's definitely been in foul trouble a lot. So we're going to need him to step it up or, you know, we might have to see what, what Todd can do and Todd watching him in preseason, you know, he was kind of getting bullied by Mitchell Robinson in that next game too. He just looked, he looked like a guy who's 37 years old, but he can stretch the floor and shoot the three. Um, and then Weston so Jr., he loves some he loves some Anthony Gill, and Anthony Gill got that last – he played in the last couple of minutes in that Bulls game and almost, almost cost us the game with not coming to the basketball. But um, I just want to get your thoughts. So DeLon Wright, he pulled his hamstring. Um, of course, Corey Kispert is out for the foreseeable future. He's practicing with the Capital City Go-Go now, you know, trying to ramp up and get back from the ankle injury. So that's another guy that's down. Um, you look at the death chart, you look at the shooting guard death, uh, really the point guard death chart is, is pretty thin. So who do you have in your rotation or your 10-man, or do you think they were shortened into a nine-man rotation uh, while DeLon Wright is out? Knock on wood, we haven't heard anything, but if he does have to miss two or three games or four games, um, who do you have in that rotation? Do you see Johnny Davis getting any minutes while DeLon Wright is out? Yeah, I mean, anyone who's been around uh, basketball or sports in general, kind of watching that, um, you know, that play with DeLon Wright 
he pulls up real quick on his hamstring. Um, and, you know, to me, Wes Unsell Jr. said after in the, in the postgame presser that uh, right then and there, they were just calling it, you know, hamstring tightness. Um, I think he's going to miss some games. Uh, I think if I had to guess, he's going to be out a few games. And so this is definitely a, an important question. Um, I don't really see Johnny Davis getting meaningful run just from what we've seen. Um, confidence is definitely going to be a problem with him. Um, if he checks social media at all, I think, you know, he's seen, you know, what's, what's been going on with, uh, wizards fandom and, and kind of what they think of his play so far. I, I totally have not lost hope in him. I think you come in, uh, you know, he, he was just a sophomore at, uh, at Wisconsin and, you know, he's still a young guy. He, he's going to take some time to develop. If I were Wes Unsell Jr., which of course I'm not, but if I were him, I think throwing him into, um, you know, important games that the Wizards are trying to win early on this season um, might stunt his growth rather than uh, help him develop. Um, I am very much pro uh, throw him in the G League and let him get some reps against some guys who simply don't have the talent that he has. Um, in terms of rotation, uh, I would guess that they're going to shorten it a little bit. We might see some more. Taj Gibson, Anthony Gill, uh, you know, high character guy minutes, <laughs> so to speak, uh, moving forward. But, um, you know, we'll have to kind of just wait and see on that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I could see, um, you know, Chris Dunn is on the Capital City Go-Go. That might be a guy that they may want to bring up to the roster. Um, Jordan Goodwin had a nice offensive rebound. He's a pest on defense from what we saw in the summer league. Um, or they could just shorten the rotation and maybe Brad has to play more minutes. Monte Morris has to play more minutes. Um, like you said, maybe maybe Todd could get minutes or Gil could get minutes. Gil, ha Gil has had to play because Corey Kisser has been out. So um, it, it is going to be interesting. You just lose a big part of your defense. Uh, Brandon, what do you think? I totally agree. Uh, I think DeLon Wright is a big loss if it's an extended amount of time. Now, a couple games – we should be all right, but if it's long-term, you know, that's a big loss because his defense has been incredible. Outside of Denny, he's been the best defensive player on the team. You need just watch him. I mean, he's active. He's <laughs> he's in your face. He plays good defense. So I think going forward, I mean, you can kind of look at Chris Dunn. You know, he's had experience starting in the past. You know, he's – you know, but I'd see them kind of staggering minutes, maybe staggering the minutes to where Bradley Bill might bring the ball up. I think that would be the alternative because who, who can you really trust right now to really carry that second unit? Because as you saw, Will Barton and, and uh, DeLon Wright, that was a good backcourt for a second unit. You know, DeLon Wright is a very important piece. So who do you really plug in to really, you know, take over? That's a, that's a hard question. So, you know, if I'm Wes, you know, I would stagger minutes. You know, I would have Brad bring, you know, the ball up for second unit and stagger the minutes like he did last game. You know, I think that Wes Unsell did a great job staggering the minutes with the starting unit and uh, the second unit. I think that was a big reason why we blew <laughs> out the water because, you know, you had scores on the court. You know, you didn't, you know, you didn't play the whole starting five and then the, the you know, the the bench five. You know, you kept guys in there that were hot and it kept the momentum going. So I thought that was a really good job from West. So, you know, touching on on Delon Wright, that you know, that, yeah, that's a big loss. But I think that West has showed that he's done a better job with game planning, and I think he's going to find a way to kind of stagger the rotation 
and make up for that loss. So I, I'm very optimistic, but I'm going to slide right into my question. Now, what steps would the Wizards need to take, short-term or long-term, to make them a serious contender to win a championship? Oh, that's a big question. Um, so much has set, been said um, in kind of the Wizards fan spaces in particular about um, – you know, the anger about kind of the way this team has been managed, um, being comfortable with mediocrity, being comfortable with shooting for, uh, you know, winning enough games to just make the playoffs and being uh, comfortable with a first round exit. Um, I think, you know, part A to my answer to that question is, um, you know, a serious realignment about the way that we look at, uh, you know, how this team is managed and, uh, what our goals are as a franchise. Um, you know, the idea of we will never tank uh, has been kind of thrown around by, by Ted. And I think barring any changes to, uh, you know, penalties for tanking or kind of, you know, incentives for not tanking uh, that come down from the league, I think that is the way that the NBA works um, in the modern era. And so, um, without doing that, you just have to make so many correct moves over and over and over again for uh, you to be able to put together a, a true championship contender. Um, short term, <laughs> maybe the, the happier view um, with the roster we do have, I think bringing in KP um, was a, a move that I liked a lot because it was a ceiling raising move. You know, we, we talk a lot about like the moves that Tommy's made on the fringes of the roster um, to get just a little better, uh, which kind of fits with that idea of just, you know, get us a little closer to the play and get us a little closer to the seven seed. Um, but the risk with KP, you know, you're taking an inherent risk. He's an injury prone player, but he raises the ceiling of this team alongside Beal uh, to truly be able to make a deep playoff run if things go, go well. So um, I think that kind of answers it in a, in a different way. Um, you know, moves like that, uh, high risk, high reward moves that can, uh, you know, increase the the ceiling of this team. Uh, that those are things that that Tommy can pursue, and you know, I, I'm excited to see what KP and Brad can do together. Uh, already, it's been pretty exciting. Oh, absolutely! But you said one thing that really made sense, and I want to touch base on that. You know, finding a direction and really going that direction. You know, this team's kind of been in limbo for a minute. You know, they don't know if they, you know, they refuse to tank. So, you know, we're always getting picks within the 10 to the 15 range, you know. So it's, it's been hard to find those, you know, those real difference makers in the draft, which it can be done, but it's harder the higher you go, you know. So I, I, I totally agree. I've been saying this, you know, they have to find an identity for this team. Or do, do they want to contend? Do they want to develop? You know, you can't – it's hard to do both. You know, it's, you know, a lot of your, you know, bottom-tier teams, they have no choice but to kind of get their, you know, young guys going and develop. But, you know, we're trying to develop – three guys and yet we're throwing them into the fire at the same time i think you know it's just i think that's what the problem is is that they have to find out what their identity is what do they really want to do because you know you signed built to a supermax so hate it love it you know you got to try to build a, a contending team around bill because you cannot have a 50 million, million uh 50 million dollar guy on the roster for a rebuilding team it just doesn't make sense so they, they're all i think you're absolutely correct kp was a step in the right direction i think kp is going to be a big pick up i think he's gonna be an all-star i have him and bill being two all-stars for this team next or this season 
that season too, hopefully. But, you know, I, I think they're going to be a good duo. Now, you know, do we re-sign Kuz? I think Kuz has deserved to be re-signed. But to truly make this team a championship contender, you're going to have to find a third star. And because this Eastern Conference is a monster. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you don't necessarily need a third star. But, I mean, look, you know, like you said, um, just like Ed said, you know, Monte Morris is an upgrade at point guard, but he's not a point guard who really drives the lane. You know, he's not driving past people. You know, he's doing – he's just – he's the perfect distributor. You know, you, you got to look a couple names. You know, how long does Sacramento roll with De'Aaron Fox? You know, how long does SGA want to struggle in OKC? You know, those are a couple names that could pop up. I think that we have to make another major swing, and that's why I've been saying – a consolidation trade might come in order because you have a lot of guys that, you know, we were just talking based on Gafford, you know, what's his future? You know, do we really want to pay $13 million to a guy who's a backup, who's very limited in his role? You know, you look at really, you know, if you re-sign Kuz, you know, do you really want to go into the tax paying for a lineup of Bill, Kuz, KP, and Rui Achimura? I wouldn't. And this is me being honest. So I think there's a lot of questions that have to be answered by the front office you know what is the real, what is the real plan going forward? So I mean, but before I pass the mic to Ed, I got a question for both y'all. So as you know, this is the 25th anniversary of the rebrand from the Washington Bullets to the Washington Wizards. So you got three players, right? You got Agent Zero, aka Hibachi. You've got John Wall. And you've got Bradley Bill. You have to choose one to build a franchise around. Who do you choose? Ooh. Um... That's a good question, man. Um, I would go with Gil. I would go with Gil. The only thing I, I hate the way both uh, John and Gil's careers ended in DC, especially you know Gil with the unfortunate locker room incident and John with the injuries, and then you know Ted Leonsis not being happy with John the way it ended. But um, I just feel like Gil Gil would give you the highest ceiling. I, I think that team Gil, the way he could shoot from the three, the way he could get to the basket, the way he could distribute. Some of the crazy games um, when we had Chase Hughes. So Chase Hughes, actually, he he apologized to me because the game that we brought up where I talked about where he hit the turnaround three, that was the jazz game. And I think I think Chase Hughes said it was the Bucks game. And he he said um, he said it was the Bucks. And he actually DM me and said it was the um, <laughs> the jazz game. Good and on he admitted that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, Chase is my guy. He's my guy. Um, so, yeah, John just wasn't able to shoot the three like that. Now, he did hit that game winner against the Celtics, but Gil – was able to just score it at an elite level. He was able to get to the basket. Same thing with John Wall. That's why it's just such a, that's a, that's why it's a tough question because John was able to get to the basket at an elite level. Same thing with Gilbert. Uh, but I think Gilbert's he was just a three level scorer where John really struggled to shoot the ball from the perimeter. So I, I would take I would take Gil, man. I think Gil Gil I would take Gil over Brad, and I take Gil the the three years that Gil had those years were very hard to duplicate. Um, you, not a lot of guys go out there and score 60 on Kobe Bryant or score 50. Um, he did some crazy things on the court, game winners, and he contributed. He had some big games that contributed to wins. Um, same thing with John, too. So, um, but I, I, I would go with Gilbert. It's tough to tough to argue with no chill Gil, man. But, mm -hmm. uh, it's a tough question because, like, you look at the, the modern NBA, um, and so many of these teams that are really contending are built around a fantastic three-level scorer uh, d book luca you have all these guys who like 
you can surround them with pieces. You surround them with three and D guys. And if they can really do all those things, then you're definitely going to be contending. I think I would go with John though. Uh, in between those three guys, John's definitely the, um, the least explosive scorer. Uh, like you said, not a, not really a three level scorer. Um, though it really did seem like he kind of hit the threes when it counted. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, there's, there's something about being able to um, elevate the play of your teammates and set guys up, just fully just kind of deliver them baskets um, that I feel like um, neither uh, Gilbert nor Brad really has, has done. Uh, of course, the gravity of just being a guy who can give you 60, like that definitely uh, elevates the play of your teammates too. But maybe it's just my, uh, my bias of coming into my Wizards fandom when when John Wall was really kind of coming into his own, but um, yeah, I'd go with John. Well, I'm going with Jan Vesely, not playing. playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, man, that's, I would have to go with Agent Zero. You know, he was just, he was lighting in a bottle, man. He was just incredible to watch. He was just, if, if you gave John Wall that jump shot, then I would say John, because John, mm-hmm. he can drive the lane, he can distribute, but that shot was the one thing against John. I mean, he was – people would forget he was a good defender. I mean, he was a, a – you know, he could guard. So he was a complete package. He just needed that shot. So, yeah, I'm going to roll with age of zero. But, hey, hey uh, Ed, you got another question? Oh, yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, we can wrap up with buy or sell here. Uh, we'll do this real quick. So I got a couple of stats that have – you know, it's only four games, so we don't want to get too excited on some stats here. But uh, we'll do buy or, or sell real quick. So – Right now, Kyle Kuzma, he's the leading scorer on the team with 21 points a game. Porzingis is averaging about 20. Um, buy or sell Kyle Kuzma leading the team in scoring for the rest of the for the rest of the year. And also the quote that stood out to me from Kuzma was that we all like each other this year. So are you guys buy or selling on that statement to continue? And are you buy or selling on him leading the team in scoring this year? You want to take that one first, Brandon? Now go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I think definitely sell on Kuz leading the team in scoring. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I could see him being second. And also there's something to be said of just like we talked about, the, the gravity of, of KP and Beal just being on the floor with you, you're going to get so many more open looks. Um, Kuz showed that he can hit you know, catch and shoot threes. Like he can hit him at a, at a clip when he's on um, and being able to attack like tilted defenses when say you're running a, a an action, like a dribble handoff with um, Beal and KP on one side and you kick it out to Kuz to attack. Like he's, he's getting to the bucket, like, at, like at ease, you know, he's, he's kind of showing some physicality. I don't think it's going to be enough that gravity uh, to give Kuz the, the most, uh, points per game this season, but I, I think he's going to prove himself to be able to score at a high rate. Um, the second question, winning cures all, you know, uh, I think, you know, last season uh, when they hit some hardships is kind of also when they started to, to um, fall apart in terms of their relationships off the court, on the court, um, you know, the stuff with KCP and Trez, the stuff with Dinwiddie, you know, had they been winning, you know, many, many games late in the season, not just that 10, three start, I think we might not have seen that come out or at least not as early as it did. Um, 
I think, uh, I think this group does like each other. Um, but I'm curious to see what happens when they face some adversity, uh, later on in the season. Um, fingers crossed. We don't, we don't see that happen, but you never know. Um, I'm with you on Kuz. I think he's good, man. I, I've been very impressed with him coming over from the Lakers because he's a completely different player. You know, you, you know, in LA, you saw a guy who he he had potential, but he just couldn't figure it out. You know, he came to DC and he just became a complete player. You know, his three point shooting has improved dramatically. Like you said, he's getting to the lane, and with that, with his size, he he really has no problem doing it. He's going in the lane and he's making some hard layups. I mean, he is just he's become a a clear. I mean, he's just, oh, man, I can't talk enough about Kuz. So, like you said, you know, between Bill and KP, I don't see him being the leader. But, you know, he showed enough, especially with this last game, with Bill going out with the back tightness, that if need be, him and KP can't carry the torch. And that was that really impressed me because they picked up the slack. They came in. They took charge. You know, they – so he can be if need be. And, ah, oh, man, yeah, the second question – you know, like you said, winning cures all. You know, last season when they were 10 and 3, you know, they were giggling at press conferences and having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when mm-hmm. everything hit the fan, you know, everybody was, you know, getting fighting and getting body slammed in the tunnel. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tough to say. I think that the difference between this team with last year's team and teams before is that you it's just you know, the mini camp in LA. You know, they they worked on chemistry early on. You know, the guys are hanging out and I think the second thing is people understand the roles. People didn't understand the roles last season, especially when Rui came back, when Thomas Bryant came back. You know, everybody's fighting for menace. There were, you know, nobody knew the roles. You know, Bertans, he came in, he had no idea. They had him, you know, a few nice guard and the best player. It was just, it, you know, it just, there was no clear cut plan. This season, everybody knows their role. You know, Monte knows his role. He's a distributor. You know, if we're able to get 10, 12 points out of him, good. But his main job is to distribute the ball to the scores, Coos, KP, Bill. So everybody knows your job. So that's what makes me very optimistic this season as opposed to other teams because they really came into the season with a clear head. So that's just my my piece on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real quick for me. I mean, yeah, it's 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 about winning. And you got to see how these guys go through adversity. And, you know, teams go on losing streets. It's, it's a game of runs in the games. It's a game of runs and winning and losing games throughout an 82-game season. So we have to see how these guys adjust through adversity. I think we just have a different group of guys. Last year we had some guys with, with big egos. And, and, you know, West got guys that he trusts more with, with Will than Monte. He's more familiar with Brad, and he got to coach Przingis. And Denny is a guy that has bought in. Rui, I feel like, is a guy that has bought in. So they got guys that have really bought in into what West wants to do culture-wise. Same thing with Tommy Shepard. Um, and then last year they just had some guys with some Eagles that, that had to get traded ASAP. They just had to get traded as soon as possible. Um, and we were able to get Porzingis for some guys that um, we traded as well. So, um, but yeah, I, I would I would buy that they really do like each other. Kuz grew up with DeLon Wright. Kuz grew up with Monte Morris. So I could definitely see that right there as well. So this one, Denny Avda right now, he's shooting 37% from three. Uh, last two years, you shot 31%. Brandon got on Denny. We both got on Denny last night about the missing layup, that missed layup that he had. Um, in our comment section, we got a little pushback about that, but you, you just have to make your layups. Um, what are your thought of, thoughts about Denny so far through the first four games? Um, Denny did a great job on Kay Cunningham last night. Kay, I want to say Kay Cunningham was 4 for 14 while guarded by Denny Avdi, and he had a huge block on um, Kate Cunningham that went that transitioned into a, a fast break dunk for Kyle Kuzma 
Uh, what are your thoughts on Denny just real quick? And then would you buy or sell on 37% from three for Denny Obvia to continue the season? Yeah. Denny is so fun to talk about and to write about because he's, he's sort of come into his own as a defender in a way that I think nobody really, even in, um, you know, high level draft spaces kind of thought could happen. Um, he was touted as this six, nine point forward, um, kind of guy who was going to initiate offense and do all this stuff. And we've seen glimpses of that, but it's been really cool seeing him kind of hang his hat on his defense and, and become a, a wing stopper. It's something that I think not a lot of people saw coming. Um, I think that his three point shooting is going to improve. Um, I wrote about this a little bit too, when that news dropped, um, he was going to be working with Drew Hanlon over the summer. Um, who's, you know, worked with some of the top scorers in the league, including, uh, you know, Embiid, Tatum, Beal. Um, I think from what we've seen so far, if you really take a look at his shot mechanics, um, he's got a little bit more dip in his jump shot. He looks a little bit less stiff than he has in the past, um, which, uh, you know, normally you think a big dip in a jump shot maybe is not a great thing for someone who has a, a jump shot that looks normal. But we all know that, you know, Denny's jumper when he came into the league very stiff, a quick release, but, um, you know, you're not really getting kind of fully activated into your jump shot when you don't have any kind of uh, lift like that. So that's been something that, um, we've seen kind of change a little bit. Um, you know, if you, if you really look at it closely, I think, uh, no way he stays anywhere near 37%, um, that kind of shooting change. If your name isn't Rui Hachimura last season, uh, doesn't really happen very often, uh, that quickly, uh, for a player. Um, that said though, I mean, he's still, is still early in his career. He's still developing. And so those changes are going to come faster than they will for some players. I'd guess he, he finishes the season, um, you know, barring any big changes a little bit below league average. And if he does, I think, you know, fully he's earned himself a, a starting spot with that combined with the defense. If, if that can happen, um, that's going to be great for him. Definitely, yeah. He he uh he looks good shooting the three. His form looks better. He looks more confident shooting the three. But he's he's just got to finish around him. Now he did finish on J- Jaden Ivey through contact, so I was I was very happy about that. But he's just got to be consistent uh, from the rim. So another this is part. This might be my last one by ourselves. The Wizards right now are fourth in blocks per game with seven point three. Um, and then the other one, unfortunately, the bad on the defensive side of the ball, opponents points opponents second points per game. They're giving up 18 and a half uh, second, second chance points a game. That's one of the things that I have not liked through the first four games. They're ranked 26th in the league. Um, that Cleveland Cavaliers game, as we saw when we talked about Gafford struggling to rebound the basketball, it's, it's been a collective effort as well. Um, also, defensive rating, they're ranked 7th, where last year they finished 25th. Do you think they could keep it up? Would you buy or sell on uh, which one of these three things would you buy or sell on? So we're talking blocks. Uh defense and the defensive rebounding yeah the defensive rebound do you think it will improve or do you think that's something that they're going to continue to struggle at throughout the season yeah so uh one thing i'd say is the the uh, positive blocks number and the negative defensive rebounding number i think are correlated um you look at the way gafford plays he he hunts blocks and it's something that i'm sure uh, he's asked to do with his athleticism uh, when he's playing at the rim but what you see with that is Gafford will go up and, you know, he'll energetically want to block a shot. He'll leave his feet. Um, and then you'll get the quick dump off to, uh, to the big who'll get, you know, uh, 
either, you know, they'll miss and get an offensive rebound or uh, he'll just get the easy dunk. So I think that's kind of something that's uh, related. So if you buy on one, you might have to sell on the other. Um, one thing I've liked uh, seeing with KP at seven, three is he doesn't really leave his feet very often. So the, the rim protection comes just from having that length in front of the rim. Um, I think uh, from what I've seen with the defense, with Denny, uh, with DeLon Wright, um, with the the good things that we've seen from the Wizards bigs, I, I'm buying that. I'm buying that the defense uh, remains top 10. I, I think uh, maybe, maybe wishful thinking, but um, I've liked what I've seen so far. Okay. All right. And then I'll, I'll do a rapid fire with you. You could just say buy or sell. Um, DeLon Wright, third and steals. He's ranked third uh, in steals in the NBA right now. In the league? Yeah. Yeah, I, I buy that. Right, okay. He's ninth in deflections with um, about two per game. Buy that even more than the steals. Okay. Wizards' uh, three-point percentage, the rank 15th. They were pretty darn bad. They were bottom five last year in three-point percentage as a team. I think it's going to take a dip, but I, I buy. Okay. Uh, 40, last one. Uh, Bradley Bills, 28% from three right now. Do you see it improving or not? Definitely see it improving. I think being paired with KP, the dribble handoffs, uh, the gravity scoring from him, uh, the kind of kickouts that he's going to get for easier catch and shoot threes rather than off the dribble. I think he's definitely going to improve. Okay. All right. Last one. Brandon has his winning 45 games. Do you buy or sell that? I sell it. Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I think this team is actually going to be a lot better than last year. I don't think that's going to show up in the record. Um, the Eastern Conference is scary this year. Uh, the level of talent just across the board, um, I think it's just going to mean that a, a more talented team may have the same record as its less talented counterpart from last year. Um, I think probably 41 wins. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I haven't said 40-42. Watching these last couple of games, I, I'm changing it to 43. I'm very impressed with what I've seen from Porzingis and Brad's playing better. He's playing defense, too. Um, Kuzma looks like an all-star, too. So I'm, I'm actually I'm buying 43, but I would sell on 45. Brandon, did you have any other questions before we wrap up? Or... It's two games. <laughs> two games. <laughs> we just want to nah. make you look bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, I'm good tonight, man. You know, hey, Dominic, we appreciate coming on, man. Uh, before we roll, you have anything to plug? Yeah, man. Um, definitely check out what we're doing over at uh, Wiz of Oz. Um, got a lot of lot of new contributors um, in the group who are putting out some really interesting stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, check me out on Twitter. Uh, it's at Dom D O M Massimino, spelled like it is on the screen. Um, yeah, I, I tweet about the Wizards and. Uh, Big fan and looking forward to this season. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So thank you. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories today, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and ticket of the day. Available on Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Again, like, subscribe, hit me and my man Ed on Instagram and Twitter and Dominic. And again, everybody have a good night and Peace.